All right, let's let's pray. God, I uh, I thank you that you designed base. <laughs> Lord, I thank you, Father, that um, a group of people can come and and be together and laugh at something silly like a song lingering. And Father, you give us common joy. <laughs> You give us um, things to laugh at, Father. You are not opposed to laughter. (laughs) Father, I thank you, Father, that what we're looking at today, Father, over 2,000 years ago, you were on the verge of going to the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, knowing that you would rise again so that we would not only have the payment for our sins, but also have the ability to live with you (laughs) through resurrection. Father, I thank you that in those moments you prayed for us. Father, I thank you, Father, that there are not too many organizations that have endured 2,000 years of human history, and yet here we are, your church. And so, Father, I thank you that we get to be a part of this. I thank you that we get to gather. Um, I thank you for you, Father, truly our leader um, who willingly died and gave his life for us. In your name, amen. My, uh, my mom and dad are in town uh, on their way down uh, to Florida. They're going to stop and see my brother, Justin, on the way in Virginia. And uh, it happens to be my uh, oldest son's birthday, so we got to have Applebee's. Uh, he picked Applebee's. We were like, you can eat wherever you want. And he's like, Applebee's. And we're like, you are crazy. And, uh, and so we went to Applebee's. And, uh, and earlier, earlier in the week, like, it's kind of like tis the season, right? Like Thanksgiving is coming up and whatnot. And uh, family, like my, my habit is to, uh, to help myself not get like 10,000 text messages from my mom. It's just easier uh, to give her a Christmas list. Uh, and so uh, what's the Christmas list? What do your kids want? And so we were like, hey, day off from school. All the kids uh, made, uh, made a Christmas list. And so here's, uh, one, I think, Brady's, uh, Brady's Christmas list on there. It's, the, it's that cute, adorable Christmas list where everything is misspelled uh, and he's probably not going to get anything on the list, uh, but it's there, and it's a photo, and it's there for us to keep forever. It's great and, and whatnot. Uh, and as we got, as my parents are in town, it, it reminded me of, I think it was around sixth grade, uh, I'm not known for being scholarly. I'm not known for being the best speller. So just keep that in mind. Uh, and so as a sixth grader, my list probably looked like this. Uh, and so my mom asks for a list. I give her a list. She, she is somebody that just, like, she will have the worst Christmas ever as long as everybody else has the best Christmas ever. That's my mom, okay? Uh, and so I give her a list. And, and on that list, uh, we, I open up all my gifts that morning. And, and she's like, Jason, I am so sorry. We could not find you. A Colorado shirt. And I'm like, Mom, I live in New Hampshire. <laughs> Why would I want a Colorado shirt? Uh, no, my friends all have collared shirts. <laughs> and I wanted, I really wanted a collared shirt. <laughs> uh, can you imagine <laughs> if my mom went all over the state of New Hampshire looking for <laughs> a Colorado shirt and thought that it was the perfect gift for me and that when I unwrapped it, that I was unwrapping a Colorado shirt and glee was going to be all over my face and she was going to see disappointment. She would have been disappointed and she would have been like, this is what you thought I wanted and it would have been sheer 
confusion. <laughs> so thankfully, I did not get a Colorado shirt or a collared uh, shirt. <laughs> uh, but as, as I think about what we're looking at today, now I know there's probably some theological things with this, but let's, uh, if Jesus were to unwrap the church, would he unwrap what he really wanted to unwrap? Would he find what he was really hoping to find? Would we be looking like how he wanted us to look? When he, when he gave us the command to go and be a loving organization, would he unwrap us and find that we're loving the way he wanted us to love? Would he open it up and be like, nailed it? Or would he say, gee, <laughs> thanks. When we talk about, when he talks about knowing God, would he, would he see that we know him the way that he wants to be known? When he talks about being a unified church, are we unified the way that Christ wanted us to be unified? So we're looking at John chapter 17 today. This is the closing section of Christ's prayer for us before he goes to the cross and he's talking about things that he wishes and wants for us. He's bringing attention. He's bringing things to God's attention. He's, bring, he's going before the throne of God on our behalf. What he is drawing attention to should grab, uh, uh, grip our attention because these are things that matter to him. These are things that in his, his closing moments, in his dying moments, these are the things that truly matter to God. To Jesus as he's about to go and be with his father. He opens up and, and he says this, I do, not, I do not ask for these only. Speaking now, how he just previously talked about the disciples that were before him. But also those who will believe in me through their word. The disciples had a mission. Jesus, if you, can, if you read behind these words, Jesus is certain of resurrection. And he's certain that the disciples will be witnesses to the resurrection. They will proclaim that they saw a dead man walk. And then he prays ahead for the people that will believe in Jesus Christ because they were witnesses. And he's praying then, what that means, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was praying for us because here we are. Their words, their witness had an impact and it has impacted us and I can tell you, it is one of the reasons that I stay in the faith. <laughs> because there are men and women in that day and age that went to the grave not saying, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> it's all a big joke. Not a one. <laughs> they all said, I saw a dead man walk and I'm willing to die for it. And here we are. The big thought for us as we read these, these, some of these final words of Jesus in this prayer, the big thought is nothing flashy, nothing catchy. It's simply this. Jesus prayed for us. Now, now like, think about like that. That isn't something that we're going to be like, oh, I'm going to text my buddies. Jesus prayed for me. Like, no, like, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily grip us. But man, like, shouldn't it? Shouldn't that grip us? Shouldn't it grip us that we had his attention, that he thought of us, that he even thought to the future of, of us? And I want to look at three things that had Jesus' attention and should have our attention. The first thing that Jesus prayed as he's praying for us, he prayed for our unity. He says this, that they may all be one. 
Just as you, Father, are, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may know and believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one as we are one in them and in you, uh, in you and me, that they may become perfectly one. So the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Jesus desires glory. We've talked about that. And he desires to share his glory with us so that we receive his glory so that we can be then a beacon of his glory. That our unity, how we are unified as one, it's a display of the glory of God. Now, we pray for world peace. We pray for unity. And man, don't we all have different definitions of that? So what does unity look like in the church? Let's, let's look at two things that unity is not. Unity is not compromising the truth. Your truth is your truth. Oh, like truth. Do, 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 do. No, we are unified around one single truth. We're not unified around a bunch of different opinions. <laughs> We're unified around this truth. I am a wicked sinner standing before a bunch of sinners. But praise be to God that he died paying the penalty that I could not pay, then rose three days later proving to have power over, over death so that I could have a life that man is not mine without him. I am unified with a bunch of believers around that single truth. There's a whole lot of other opinions in this room. There's a whole lot of different philosophies in this room. But if there's one thing, one thing that we should be unified around and that we should never, ever compromise, shouldn't it be that truth? Everything else is secondary. The second thing that, that unity is not, unity is not outlawing diversity. Have you ever seen, uh, we don't, we, it's not something that we see too much in America, but we see in other lands. Have you seen a group of soldiers march? Uh, I don't know exactly where, I just grabbed this off of Google Images, so I, whoever this is from. Uh, uh, but I, it, it's a bunch of soldiers marching. Have you ever seen images of that? They look lifeless, don't they? <laughs> They look faceless. They actually literally all look like they have the same face, <laughs> like they're photoshopped there. They're standing the same way. They're walking the same way. It's not as, it's as if they don't have opinions. They are all a number. They are all like they, they, are, they lose their individuality. They are in essence uniformed. But when I look around this room, I see something so different. We are unified, not uniformed. Because when you walk in here, I see different ages. I, I see people that are in retirement and people that, man, retirement's going to be awesome. I, I, I see people that know what a Phillips uh, screwdriver is and others that are wondering who Philip is. <laughs> I see people that would love to debate Marvel or DC and others that are like, what is Marvel or DC? And some people that are like, why are the Patriots the best team in the NFL? And others are like, I'm going to burn this church down if you say Patriots one more time. Like, we have a whole bunch of different opinions, do we not? We vote differently. I look around. I know we vote differently. We have different opinions about masks. We have different opinions about vaccinations. Oh, you said the V word. Oh. <laughs> we are so different from married to divorced, 
People walking in with a smile, people walking in with a frown, people walking in on different stages of a journey. But praise God that he welcomes different. And praise God that the church can be the best organization in the world that doesn't elevate different over some, like we celebrate that different is different because when different is elevated over somebody else's different, that's how racism is formed. I celebrate that God makes us different and that diversity is such a good thing in the church and that we together can celebrate the name of Jesus. So let's talk about what unity is. Unity is a shared relationship with Jesus. We are unified as brothers and sisters. And I say that in a family term. That's how Jesus refers to us as brothers and sisters. If you call on Jesus as Lord and Savior in faith, you are my brother. You are my sister. We have a shared relationship because we have a shared daddy. We are brothers and sisters. And that then leads us to a second thing, a shared mission. That we are here as a unified church around a shared daddy to go out into the world and to say, I want you to have my daddy too. I want you to have the family that I have because the leader that I have in the person of my God Almighty. Your opinion, if you think God is X, Y, Z, then you don't know my God. We have a shared mission as a church to be unified as we go out with love to say, let me tell you and show you about my Jesus. Dedicated together to live like Jesus. This is a, a picture from uh, back when I was in high school, many, many moons ago. And uh, so my, my house uh, was a dry house, still a, still a dry house. And so uh, if you notice the uh, Hawaiian punch there, uh, so in, in, instead, of, uh, instead of alcohol, we just encouraged diabetes. Uh, and, so, uh, and so we just had a, a, bunch of, a bunch of Hawaiian punch. And so there we were in the basement, uh, all together in my house, my, me, my brother, my other brother, Vani, uh, Nearborn. And, uh, and we were playing uh, this game, uh, the hockey edition of Monopoly. Uh, because it was uh, Nearborn, uh, he wasn't really a hockey player. He was more of a fighter, and so he was on the hockey team. Uh, and, uh, and so he had this, uh, this hockey game, and Justin never played hockey but loved hockey, loves hockey. Uh, and, and so I think he paid uh, Nearborn a few Hawaiian punches and, uh, and, and got this, this board game. Uh, and, and, and since this is in his nature, just uh, a few moments, I remember this clear as day, a few moments after this was taken, this photo was taken, uh, you know how Monopoly ends, like somebody sitting on Baltic and treating it like it's boardwalk, and you know, like, and you're like, yo, like, like, this person's about to win, let me, like, help me make a trade, and like, all of a sudden, like, everything gets heated, and all of a sudden, the table flips, like, I don't, we don't know how, but the table just flips, every Monopoly game ends with a flip table, and so that's how Nearborn ever, like, he, he, he sucks at Monopoly, uh, but uh, he could flip a table. Uh, and so he would flip the table uh, every single time. Uh, and then so fast forward a few years later, uh, now, we're, now, now I'm married. Uh, Ava and I are welcoming the family in for Thanksgiving. Uh, Ava's, you know, we're newly married. Ava is like still getting to know the family. And, uh, and so like the family comes together and the brothers, the three brothers, my two brothers, uh, are like, hey, let's play a game of Monopoly. This will be fun. Uh, like we were like, hey, how can we ruin Thanksgiving? Uh, and, so, uh, and so we're playing, we're playing Monopoly and we're hooting and hollering. We're yelling and everything, and, uh, and I got 
wildly mad at Justin uh, because Jonathan is winning, but I'm in a position that if Justin makes me a good deal, we can, we, we uh, can beat uh, Jonathan and he wouldn't make me the trade. And so we're yelling at each other. It's maybe getting a little personal and like we just got up from the, we, we didn't finish the game. We just got up from the table and we were mad. Like the three of us were mad at each other and I'm looking around, my grandmother's smiling. <laughs> Mama's embarrassed. Ava's wondering, what did I marry into? And my dad literally said, I've missed this. Like, quote, unquote, my dad was like, I've missed this. I'm like, missed this? I want to kick your son in the and Like, you've missed this? <laughs> We're family. <laughs> and that's kind of fun fighting, right? Like, that's kind of like families bicker from time to time, right? <laughs> but when life happened to my brother, we were there within 12 hours. When life happened to me in different ways, my mom and dad were here within hours. If anything happened to Ava, my parents would. If anything happened to ex, they, it, loyalty and trust and anything that you would want in a family, I could now tell you a situation that you might look at this and be like, man, that's a family I would love to be a part of. You can't, but maybe <laughs> you can be here, okay? Uh, but we say that, right? Why? Because even like the fun little fighting and monopoly and whatnot, when families are dominated with love for one another, it's a family that we want to be a part of, isn't it? <laughs> Shouldn't this be a unified family with love flowing through us? And we are together out in the world. <laughs> Shouldn't the outside world say, that's a family I would love to be a part of? Shouldn't, that, shouldn't the outside world be like, yeah, I see them maybe bickering from time to time, but it doesn't get too deep. Sadly, sometimes it does. Shouldn't we be a place like the early church where they just were unified and they were loving one another in radical ways, and guess what? The Lord added to their number daily. I would love to be a family that people just so much crave what we have, more so crave who we have that we grow daily because as we go out into the world, it's not a closed family. It's a family that we're inviting everybody into because that's what our Jesus would want. The second thing that, we, that Jesus prayed for, he only prayed for unity, but he also prayed for the future. He says, Father, I desire that, you, that they also, whom you have given me, may be, uh, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you have loved me before the foundation of the world. The second request for us as he prays for the church, Father, let them be in glory with me. Do you catch, do you catch that, 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 that we would enjoy Jesus for all of eternity? That we would understand here on earth that glory is coming. For you and I to appreciate in the present what we will have in the future. A glory that has been known since the foundation of this world. Look outside. And you want to say this happened by accident. <laughs> when I look at this world... I don't travel much. I like cruise ships, but, but beyond a cruise ship, I don't really travel. <laughs> but when I see pictures or when I see a sunrise, to me, it's the glory of God that has been there since the beginning of time. It, it, it is proof of a creator, and here we are. We have, we have glory that's going to be that and most, more so, that our unity, our fellowship 
gives people a taste of what is coming. That we get to experience heaven on earth. A snapshot of that as we participate in this thing that we call the church. A taste of church in its most beautiful form is a taste of heaven. And Ava, bless her soul, she asks me often this, this, this losing question. What would you do if I died? If you're about to be married, or if you are married as a husband, there is no good answer. Uh, and, uh, and so Ava, Ava has this weird thing of like, she fears death. She'll tell me all the different scenarios in which she envisions dying. Uh, and yet, uh, she talks about what would happen if I died, Jason? Like, why don't you think about these things? Uh, and I'm like, because... I'm normal. I don't know. And, uh, and so, like, she'll ask me these questions, and, uh, and I've learned that if I fill in the blanks that, like, that doesn't work. And so, like, I just stay silent now. Uh, and if I stay silent long enough, uh, then she'll start um, talking uh, and filling in the silence. And she's like, well, you'd have to sedate me. Uh, if you died first, I'd have to be sedated and I'd have to get a brown bag and my life is over. I'm like, oh, that's so precious. Uh, and I'm like, you are, what are you talking about? Uh, and so I was like, Ava, don't worry, I left you a note. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I, I knew you go cray cray. And so, uh, and so I just hid a note behind. When you clean up my stuff, there's a note hidden someplace. And she was like, what? And she texted uh, her good buddy, Heather. Uh, and I don't know how the proper response is, but, uh, but Heather responded with this, uh, with this gif. Um, uh, this is 100% a true story. Uh, Heather sent back a gif that said scavenger hunt. And when I was talking about how I am, if I died, I'm like, what is this world? <laughs> and, and, uh, and so uh, truth be told, I, I, I do think about if I were to die, uh, but... But here's what I think about, I, and I've, the part that I've told Ava about is if I die, when I die, uh, here's the songs that I want played at my funeral. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, Eric, who led a song last week uh, called Rattle, uh, he just joined in, the, in my funeral. Uh, he will be, <laughs> he'll be leading Rattle at my funeral. <laughs> uh, he doesn't know that. He's fighting fires right now, so you can tell him that next week. Uh, but... Uh, but another one is uh, Come Now Fount. It's an old hymn. Because my life is marked by prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. But, in the, but as I wander, God chases me. The other song that I want played at my, at my funeral is Great is Thy Faithfulness, because I hope that my life will have ever been evidence of the faithfulness of God. Another song that I would hope is played, uh, Ava taking notes right now, uh, that, I, that I hope is played at my funeral is, is Amazing Grace, the Chris Tomlin uh, uh, version. Because one of, the, one of the closing lines, the closing stanzas, I don't know if stanza is the right word, you musical people, we're different, diversity is welcomed. Uh, uh, but whatever, like, one of the closing moments in the song is, the earth shall soon dissolve like snow, the sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever mine. And then there's this shift. Will be forever mine. And then it shifts to you are forever mine. And I hope when my time comes and, and people uh, celebrate uh, my life and they celebrate no more God's life through me, that they will know that I am in the midst of, of the heavenly angels singing you are forever mine. Because as though I love singing throughout the hallways here, and I know when everybody says, man, I hear angels. 
one day I will literally be with the angels <laughs> singing glory, glory, glory to the Lord God Almighty. And when we worship together, when we sing here, when we sing raise a hallelujah, when we're, when we're talking about the power of resurrection here, when, we, when, when I am up here singing not at you guys but with you guys, there are people that walk into this room not understanding heaven. Not under, they think they understand heaven, but when we sing and when we go crazy in our own crazy way, <laughs> we give them a snapshot of heaven that something is missing in my life that could excite me the way these people seem to get excited. My Jesus prayed for our future that we would understand the glory of God now and to come. He also prayed for our oneness. When we were talking about unity, you heard oneness throughout all this. And this is how he goes, he goes back to this. Oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that, I have, that you have sent me. I have made, uh, made known to them your name. And I will uh, continue to make it known. The love in which you have loved me may be in them and I in you. The world doesn't know the Father. The world doesn't know the oneness that you and I have with God Almighty. The disciples knew that. They, they lived with Jesus for three years. Can you imagine? They walked with him. And that was the thing that was missing in Jewish society at the time of Jesus. They, they, they got to the point where they elevated uh, the law over the lawgiver. And so they knew the law, they knew facts about, about God, but they had lost sight of the lawgiver. They have lost sight about the oneness that they, the Jewish people uniquely could have with God. And they're the disciples now as they walked with Jesus, they began to understand oneness. They knew God having walked with Jesus in a way that no one else up until that point really understood. But now they understood it. And now we understand it. And now we understand oneness. There are many people that I can tell you facts about. But I don't know them. There's a young girl that goes to our youth ministry. She's a big fan of Shawn Mendes. <laughs> I call her Mrs. Mendes. She has told me a bunch of annoying facts about Sean Mendez. She knows Sean Mendez, but she does not know Sean Mendez. We can know a lot of things without knowing the actual person. Jesus desires to be known, He desires for us to know God Almighty the way He knows God Almighty. He desires for that oneness to flow into love. He's praying and he's mentioning love. And isn't that like if for the married people in this room, isn't, isn't that a snapshot of a, of a healthy marriage? Like a oneness shared in marriage that, that is, and how do you know when, when, that, when, that, when that healthy marriage and that oneness is shared? Isn't it isn't the true version of, of love? Like, so uh, Ava has all these pictures hanging up in our, um, in our living room. And so um, she loves when I do this. I stole one. Took it down to bring it in as a sermon illustration. Uh, she said, Jason, why are you taking that? And I said, you'll find out. Uh, and so, Ava, this is your moment. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I stole this picture. This is uh, our, uh, our, engagement, our engagement photo, uh, one of them, uh, because engagement photos, you get a 1,000. Uh, and so, uh, and there we were, just so blissfully ignorant and, uh, and blissfully happy all at the same 
same time, uh, I knew Ava at that moment uh, for a whopping four months, and so I knew everything about her. <laughs> I knew all of her traits. Uh, I knew nothing. <laughs> but I loved her, and that was enough, right? <laughs> and here we are 12 years later, uh, plus a little bit. I do know the date. Uh, and so... <laughs> Uh, here we are, and I know things about Ava that I didn't know then. And although uh, on August 1st uh, we became one, uh, we are still growing in oneness. Now I know that those moments when Ava's asking me, uh, hey, what would happen if I died? I'm like, I'm going to New Hampshire. <laughs> um, uh, I know that, you know, she'll start talking and whatnot, and I just know, I know, it's going to end with a hug <laughs> in our kitchen. And she knows I hate hugs. She knows I have loved COVID in the six-foot rule. <laughs> but I know it's going to end with a hug. I know after a long day and she's going on about her day or whatever's happening, I know that I don't have to say anything. And if I do, I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> but but uh, what I do know, how I can't fix any, anything, but I can give her a hug. I know that my wife is super hardworking. <laughs> I didn't know that then, but I know it now. I know that she's a great host. I know she loves making people happy. I I know that she's not somebody to cry with, but she's somebody that can speak the truth in love. And sometimes, yeah, it's a hard truth, but she'll speak the truth. And and if she loves you, she'll speak the truth. If she don't love you, she ain't going to say crap. (laughs) But if she loves you, she'll speak the hard truth when it's needed, and you you need to hear it. I know a lot about my wife, and uh, I hope I could talk to you privately at some point, and I hope that if you were to ask me about my wife, that I could talk about her in such a way where you would love to get to know my wife. I hope that whenever I have a sermon illustration about Ava and I, that I talk in such a way where you're like, I'd love a marriage like that. I know that Ava and I, like, we can bicker in front of people, and usually it's play fighting. Usually we do bicker a little bit. But one of the things I'm growing to love about my wife is what you see is what you get. That's true of her. It's true of me. It's true of us. <laughs> the way we bicker in front of you all <laughs> is the exact same way we bicker in fr- behind closed doors. <laughs> what you see is what you get. Um, and that's just who we are. And I hope, I really hope that you guys could have a, a marriage if you're called to be married um, like Ava and I have. Because it's a beautiful oneness with love flowing throughout our whole marriage and hopefully to the people around us. And to me, we don't have a picture of Jesus. He wasn't born in a time where there were actual photographs. But he did leave us the church. And shouldn't the church be a picture of oneness? Shouldn't the church be a picture of Jesus here on earth? Shouldn't the church be a picture of something special? To me, this, this picture that, that Graham uh, pulled up earlier is, is somebody in one of our, our Halloween parades <laughs> just handing, uh, well, that's a weird uh, uh, costume, uh, but handing out, um, uh, I just saw that picture for the first time, uh, handing out a God Loves You card and, and perceivably a pack of gum or, or, or whatever it might be, but handing it out. There's something beautiful about a, a church loving in action. There's something beautiful about about the church loving its community and and putting a smile on a young kid's face. There's something beautiful when you you leave this room and you you see the pictures in the hallway. The one that really gets me is that first one. A dad, an elder in our church, baptizing his son, and they're both all smiles. 
There's something beautiful when we pray for one and go out loving our community. We pray for one because we want people to have the person that we have, don't we? Jesus prayed for us. He prayed for our unity. He prayed for our future. And he prayed for our oneness. We're trying to grow in these areas. We're not perfectly there, but are we be trying to become the church that God has intended us to be? If we want to be these things, when we pray for unity, what does this require for us? You know what this requires? If, I, if we're going to pray for unity as Christ prayed for unity, this is going to require us to give in from time to time. To say, hey, the main thing is the main thing. Oh, Jason, you have a different political opinion than me. Oh, Jason, oh, you love different sports teams than me. Or, or hey, I heard somebody say this, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to not change my opinion, perhaps, maybe sometimes. But are we willing to keep the main thing the main thing? If we're going to do this, if we're going to be the church that God has asked us to be, there are going to be times when we have to give in, meaning that we have to be flexible. (laughs) The church should be the most flexible organization on planet Earth. If we're going to attack the second one, prayed for the future, you know what that's going to mean? That's going to mean that you and I have to give up sometimes. That's going to mean that if we think that we can work our way to heaven, that we can, we can go our own way while also doing it God's way, no! You will never go your own way and do it God's way. So there's a moment for all of us where we have to give up and say yes to Jesus, taking the gift of eternal life and declaring I'm going to do it God's way. If we want to grow in this area, if we want to be a church that Christ prayed for us to be, if we want to experience the oneness that Christ wants us to experience, then that's going to mean that we give out. Give out love. He, he talked about oneness, and he talked about love flowing through all of that. A church that is not active in love is a not an active church. A church that understands the love of Jesus is going to express that love. If we want to experience oneness, if we want to experience the heart of God where we just know he's looking down at us with sheer joy, then we have to be a church marked by love for our own people, for our enemies, and for those outside these walls. A year and a half ago, I did not feel unified with our elder team. There were things going on. There were, there were struggles that we were having. And there was this, there was this one particular meeting where, where man, we, we are not the church that, that, that God has called us to be. And, and unity was not something felt or experienced. And, and it was this moment where we, where we together declared that we're going to do things differently. And in that moment, one of the, one of the small things that we started doing was then for there on out, we, we started fasting 24 hours before each elders meeting. So if an elders meeting is on a Wednesday night at 6, we'd start fasting uh, 6 o'clock on, on a Tuesday, and we'd break the fast with pizza usually uh, because that's something that we like. <laughs> and we started fasting 24 hours before each elders meeting. We opened up a text message that we would pray, like we would, we would share uh, different things of how we can be praying for our people, how we can pray for each other. And I can say like, yeah, a year and a half ago it felt one way, but I can now say a, a year and a half later, 
that the leadership has never felt more unified. And I think it's because we've chosen to pray together and sacrifice together. And so like I said last week, uh, I, don't, I don't give you guys challenges and think, okay, what's the easiest thing that I can say? Uh, because that by nature isn't a challenge. Um, I try to think of things that are a challenge but are in line with what we're talking about and so in light of what I've experienced, in, in, in my, my challenge is a 24-hour prayer and fast. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving week. Yep, okay, here we are. <laughs> uh, and so I'm challenging you guys to join with us Tuesday, praying and fasting. There's a sign-up sheet outside with, uh, with half-hour time slots. And it's just something that gripped me. I was like, man, like, what could we do as a church, unified this week, where God would look down and be like, yeah, that's it. And there's a thousand things that we could do, but I'm challenging you this week to try a 24-hour fast and to also commit to praying for a half-hour time slot. So if you drive overnight, perhaps you can take the 12.30 time slot. If you wake up early, why don't you take the 3 a.m. time slot? If you're a night owl, why don't you take the 11 p.m. time slot? I won't see you then. But I'm going to pray for you Pray for us as we go to God this week, unified in prayer, unified in mission, unified in a shared father. I know I've gone over with this sermon, whatever I I wanted, whatever. God, I pray for this time as we go into a time of worship. Father, I thank you that you are worth talking about. I thank you that you are worth gathering. Father, I thank you that we're still here when, when we've given you opportunity to, to say, nope, I'm going to, nope. <laughs> but we're still here because of your grace and your mercy. Father, I thank you that when you said that I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, Father, that you really meant what you said. <laughs> Father, I thank you that we are truly the only organization that is still around after thousands of years. <laughs> I thank you for the witnesses that saw a risen Savior and went to the grave holding on to that truth so that we could know that truth. Father, in this moment, will we give you our worship? Would you, would it truly be joy to you? Would it truly be glory to you as we sing? In your name, amen.